And I think when you start to do those things for yourself and accept that you deserve that, do whatever it is that you want for you, your life is just so much better. Hello, and welcome to Big Girls Gone Wild. We're your hosts, Kat and Anne. We're creatives, curvy girls, and your big sisters on the internet. On Big Girls Gone Wild, we talk about life, love, and living confidently. We hope you love this episode, so let's get wild. All right, guys. We're back. We are back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I guess we're full of energy today. I am. You're not. Yeah, I'm not. But I'll let you carry this one. That's, yeah. that's going to be fine for me. Yeah. Um, welcome back officially to the pod. Thank we're so you. glad you have returned from your surgical outing. I know. I'm a little over five weeks post-op now. Yeah. And yeah. you look great. Thank you, you seem to feel great. I do. I feel like a whole entirely different person. Like I think my perspective on life has changed so much. But we will get into that a little later because I okay. want to talk about what we've been up to like this past week and yeah. maybe past month because we haven't seen each other in a minute and we both have kind of been living our own lives. I have basically been living in a chair, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> recovering. <laughs> but you had some great TV recommendations for me. Though. I have watched copious amounts of television. Like, yeah, the most TV I think I've ever watched in my life. It's been intense excessive but in the best way ever I am so proud of myself because really what feels like for the first time in my entire life I actually truly took a full month off of working yeah I don't remember the last time I did that yeah and uh yeah I feel good good really good okay good because we talked a lot about this in the self-care episode Mm -hmm. uh, about rest. Um, And so you're hearing this in a slightly reverse order. So I'm really glad that that worked out for you though. Yeah. Because I know that that was like a big pain point for you of thinking about taking time off and being worried about that. I will say, I don't think anybody would have really known that I took time off, Mm -hmm. especially because I had such an amazing plan in place Mm -hmm. of content that was a month's worth of content and my management And the teams that I work with, they kept me afloat and they did such an incredible job. Like we pre-recorded so much content and just, I'm really glad that I went into it that way because I feel like I would have felt more stressed out had I not done that. Right. So that was, that was really good on, on our part because people were like, oh my God, like I can't believe you're getting surgery. And I'm like, I'm already a month post-op. This is like already recorded. I'm like. So only my, like, closest friends knew that that component of, you know, this was pre-recorded. But I will yeah. say, most people on social media, that's how they operate. Yeah. They actually plan in advance mm-hmm. so they can live their life like normal. Yeah. It felt really nice. Good. Uh, yeah. So that's actually what I've planned for uh, June's content, too, is the entire calendar have, has been set we are already recording for everything and filming for everything and editing. So I'm already working on week three of June. Nice. So that feels really good to feel like I'm ahead of schedule. I don't feel quite as overwhelmed of, oh my God, I have to do all of these things. I feel like I'm so much more strategic now in the way that I think about content and the way that I think about social media and what I want to share. And I think there's going to be a huge evolution of me in general and what I share and the kind of content that I'm going to be creating moving forward. But I'm really excited. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, I've had a hard month, honestly. It was, it was a little bit tough. Um, and I don't think I'll get into it on this episode, but it's just, uh, some health things, family stuff. Um, but fortunately work has been good. And we've been doing some fun stuff this week. We did yeah. a photo shoot yesterday. We did a photo shoot yesterday. That was a lot of fun. So fun. I loved the location. Yeah. And I think the photos are going to be bomb. Yeah. Shout out to Kendall, the photographer. Yes. Kenny, I love you so much. Yeah. So uh, I think that's going to be really great. It's nice to have photos of myself. I know that sounds like an odd thing to say, especially probably for people who are a little bit younger than me, because mm-hmm. I think there's more... Now there's a culture of taking tons of photos all the time, lots of selfies and stuff like that. But I never took photos of myself until I started doing a little bit of content creation. Yeah. So I look back through, I, you know, I have thousands and thousands of photos because I used to travel all the time, but none of them are me. 
yeah, they're all of the location and of art and architecture and stuff like that or food. But none of the, I'm not in any of them really. That's interesting. And so it's really interesting to like now see myself captured in a photo and and to actually have the opportunity to present myself in ways that I'm very happy with yeah. and then look back and have those those nice photos as a memory. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. And I think this is a generational difference between the two of us because yeah. when I studied abroad, that would have been in 2000 and I think 11, maybe, maybe 2011, 11 or 12 or going into 12, somewhere around there. Uh, but when I studied abroad, it was really normal for everybody to take pictures, like to have people take pictures of you. Mm-hmm. And I have tons and tons of pictures every time I've traveled abroad of pictures of me, really anywhere I've gone, of me, my friends, everybody. And it was interesting because that was not a time when social media was a thing, really. Mm-hmm. Instagram had not been like really opened up to the public because I didn't get Instagram until my literally like the day before my graduation of college, which was in 2013. So all that time leading up, like we were definitely taking pictures. I will say though, I come from a family that loves video and photo. Like our whole entire lives have been documented. I think it's because I'm meant to have my own show like the Kardashians one day and we have all (laughs) the footage ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. Like my dad has always been, one of those people who always has a camera, like, attached to his hand, who's always taking pictures when people aren't noticing. Now, does he take the best photos when they're candid like that? No. <laughs> but it is fun to look back at them and to see them and just reminisce on all of those memories and to see yourself and yeah. what you looked like and, and all of that. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, what else has been going on? I was just asking you about your earrings because mm-hmm. they're really cute. They look kind of like pop tabs you guys that they're sort of like chunky gold pop tabs um and they're really fun and we were just chatting about banana republic Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i'm curious i want to hear what you were going to say because i was saying we just got a new banana republic here where we live and i went in is it new yeah it's new i'm sure i think it is new yeah I don't think so, because I got these from that Banana Republic two and a half years ago. I thought this was, because there were several new stores that just went in up there, and Mm -hmm. I thought this was one of them. But maybe it's because I just never went. (laughs) Unless that that used to be Gap and and now is Banana Republic, but I don't think so. I think it's always been the same. I don't know. But anyways, it it was interesting to actually go in the store, because I used to shop there in, like, the 2000s. Okay. Right? And it was very much, I mean, Banana Republic and Gap are owned by the same parent company. And Banana Republic used to be much more similar to Gap in that they had a ton of items kind of stuffed into the store. Very high turnover, slightly lower, you know, mass produced quality. They've definitely changed their whole vibe. Very much. They've become like, they're trying to be rich bitch vibes all the time. Mm -hmm. Like they're, I feel like they're placing themselves into this like, vacation wear elevated basics wear category that doesn't yeah. really exist it's like they're kind of trying to take on some elements of aritzia but mm. on a minimalist standpoint because they don't have yeah. the same inventory as what they used to have it, it was a weird selection and their honest. price point is astronomically high i'm yeah. like you're banana republic right. you're not coach you're not a high-end designer you're no. not eileen fisher like why is this pair of pants $280 right no I'm not paying that yeah and they also don't go up to anything above a size 16 18 so not just that they don't even go up in sizing but the items that I was seeing in store didn't look like they were designed for curves Mm, at all yeah I would never like at any size Gap doesn't really seem like it's like their one brand of their like of their suite of brands because it's Gap Athleta, mm-hmm. Old Navy, yeah, and, and Banana. Banana Republic that are all owned by the same company. Right. And Banana Republic and Gap in particular, those two have not like gotten on the inclusive train. Yeah. But they've spent so much energy with Old Navy and Athleta to make those two. More I don't know inclusive. if it's because their their sales are higher in those two. Like the risk isn't as mm. as great as it would be for a Banana Republic or or Gap. I have no clue. I don't know what they're doing, but. Uh, yeah, but Banana Republic's uh, clothing, I think, is too expensive now. Yeah. And Gap is weirdly, so I've had, I was just showing you, actually, that I was working on an article about Gap dresses. I found a bunch of great summer dresses, but the pants 
Uh, no, <laughs> like for curvy women, if you have that more than four inch gap between your waist and your hips, um, I don't see how any of those fit. Yeah. And it's weird because I think a lot of other brands have come out with curved denim lines. Like mm-hmm. Abercrombie has it. Everlane has it. A bunch of other places yeah. I buy jeans has them. Uh, but Gap isn't even like trying. No. Which is odd, I think. It but. is odd. It's like, it's not, it doesn't feel like you're with the 2023 no. frame. You're not creating clothes for the everyday woman anymore. Yeah. Who you're creating clothes for, I'm not sure, but it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually takes us into a little surgery recap quite neatly, I think, because yeah. you now are curvier than ever. You have quite the gap between your waist and your hips. <laughs> I haven't done any measurements yet, but yeah. I'm sure it's a 16-inch difference. Yeah. At least. It it's, could be less, could be more, but somewhere around there. there. It's it's real cartoonish. Well, not really, it's actually. I think, no, it looks good. I think it looks good on you. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. So, w- tell us what exactly did you have done? Yeah, I so I went to Scottsdale, Arizona. And I had surgery by the one and the only Dr. Rapta. He is fantastic. Like, if you are looking for a plastic surgeon, this is not sponsored, by the way, but if you are looking for a plastic surgeon, especially as a plus-size person, he is the guy to go to. Uh His work is impeccable. He is one of the kindest humans you will ever meet. He's so nice. And I loved my entire experience with their whole team, which is amazing because I think a lot of times when you go to, I don't know that I would categorize him as a celebrity plastic surgeon, but he kind of is in that realm. He's got millions of followers on social media. He works very exclusively in a specific niche niche, uh, and he is well sought out and he's very expensive. Um, But anyway, so I went to Scottsdale for surgery with Dr. Rapta and they did a plus size tummy tuck. Which essentially, <laughs> they cut you from hip to hip, and they, like, I don't know if it's cauterized, if that's the right word, where they're, like, slicing you, like, your whole entire innards all the way up to your rib cage. Mm-hmm. So your stomach is completely separated from itself. They lipo you first, then they separate everything, and then they pull your stomach down, and they reattach it really, really low. So... It's not a horizontal incision. It's actually like a V or like a okay. U incision. It goes all the way down to your pelvis bone. Okay. So your vagine also gets pulled up a little bit. Okay. And if you're a person who has like a lot of fat in that area, they will lipo that area too. I did not. So they didn't lipo. Right. Uh, and I also had a very strong core, which I kind of figured going in. So I did not have to have muscle tightening, which is typically one of the most painful parts of the tummy tuck procedure if that's what you're going to get um so they did that but the first part that they did is actually what's called a bra line back lift and uh essentially they have a an incision across your back that goes from the side of your boob to the other side of your boob and it's like right across where your bra would be and so all of the back fat and excessive skin that i had that was all completely removed and they also lipoed in the back and on the upper part of my back, which would be like the upper butt region, as area, region area as well. Um, so lots of lipo and two big incisions across my uh, front, front and back. back. Right. And surprisingly, because I was a little nervous about having like both done at the same time, back was not, the back incision, not painful at all. And also the incision where the tummy tuck is isn't painful either. What's the most painful is the lipo. Like, uh, that shit is insane. So, wait, were you awake? No. Okay, good. No, like, I'm just saying, like, in the recovery, in the recovery. process. Okay. No, there's okay. no way you can be awake for like, that. Geez, it's a seven-hour surgery. That's crazy. No, you can't be You would die. <laughs> You'd pass out on the table. It's not, like, pre-World <laughs> War II when they were, like, cutting people's legs off with them conscious. <laughs> Okay, so walk us through, um, like, day-to-day how this worked out for you. Mm -hmm. So you had to fly to Scottsdale, obviously. Yeah. And you met your mama there. Mm -hmm. She was your main support. Yeah. And then how many days before you actually had surgery were you at Scottsdale? Literally, like, two days, I think. Okay. Maybe three max. Because my, so the day that I flew in was the day of my, like, 
in-person consultation of like meeting Dr. Rapta, meeting the whole team. My flight was super freaking delayed. I was so frustrated. And they're like, it's okay. We'll wait for you. I didn't get there until an hour after what my appointment is. And they were all still there, like waiting, hanging out, which was so nice. Um, And so in that appointment, you go through like everything of like what you need to do your prep. And they tell you like the day before it's like a liquid only diet because they don't want any food to be in your system. And they want you to drink water every five minutes. It's not necessarily like you need to drink a gallon of water. You need to drink two gallons. They just want you to keep drinking every five minutes, whether that's a sip or like a large gulp. Um, and then they take all of your, uh, like pre-op photos. So they do all of like your before photos just so that if you ever want them, or if you decide that you'll let them share on their social media, that you'll have them. So they take all those photos first and then that meeting and like that initial setup is usually about like an hour where you're with them. And, uh, then you talk to Dr. Raptor for like a half an hour as well. And just about like any questions that you have concerns. I asked him about his life, where he was from, like, what do you like to do for fun? I was like, I'm trying to get to know you. If you're going to be all in my business, I want to know like who you really are. And it was just really interesting to learn about his story and like who he is, why he got into plastics for plus size people in particular. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just, I really loved getting to know him. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the day before surgery, again, it's liquid. And then I went into surgery. My mom dropped me off the following day at like 7am and I was out and about, I think surgery started at nine and it was seven hours later. So 4pm. All right. So it was a full day surgery mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. Um, and then were you staying at their facility and if yeah. so for how long? So the first day you stay in there or the first night you stay in their sanctuary, which is this really beautiful and bougie like recovery room. I saw you post a story about this <laughs> and it was beautiful. It is beautiful. legit. Dr. Rupp is hella bougie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's really, really pretty and nice, but I ended up actually having to have them move me because I'm so short. Uh, I had to like get up on a stool to get into the bed, which was really complicated and way too hard. So they ended up moving me to like a different room that had like a gurney so that I could like actually sit down and then get raised. Mm. Uh, just because it's that bed is like built for people who are like at least five, seven or taller, not oh. five, two. <laughs> right. um, so that made it a little challenging, but I woke up, my mom was in the recovery with me. And then there were several nurses that were there. And then it's like 24 hour around the clock um, nurse care. Pretty much for the first two weeks. And I think that was like one of the things that I was not expecting was how much care is required. Like, so when I got home the following day, I was on medications that needed to be given to me like every two hours. And I had two drains in as well. And I was like leaking fluids everywhere. So we had like massive amounts of liquid that was coming out of me that was not getting collected into my drain bags because I guess it's it's common and it's like the one thing that I wish they would have told me beforehand is that you can leak outside of your drain bags Mm. excessively because I was convinced that like one of the drains had come out because Mm. when you leave the facilities they tell you not to move any of your shapewear that they put you on they put you in binders Mm -hmm. and they're like we're not going to readjust or fix any binders until you come back in. And so I was like, I'm convinced that this drain is out because there's liquid everywhere. And I'm like leaking through like all of these huge pads. Uh, and I'm like, it's just, it just was like really concerning because it was like a, you don't know what you don't know sort of situation. Right, right. And yeah, I just was really nervous about that. And so was my mom. And, but yeah, I mean, I would be pretty nervous if yeah. I were leaking. <laughs> we, but we, we texted the nurse that I had and she was like, it's pretty common. She's like, you should be okay. As long as the, as long as your drains are still collecting some liquid, they probably are still placed correctly. And they were, she's like, you'd know if you pulled it out. Cause it's 12 inches long oh my gosh. and it's like inside your body, obviously. So I didn't, right. these were things that I didn't necessarily know. Right. Um, But shout out to my mother because there is no way in how I would have been able to get through recovery without her. And they tell you, they won't even let you go home unless you have someone that's there to take care of you. Because you, you can't, like, you literally can't take care of yourself. You can't bend anymore. You can't, like, wipe your butt. Like, you can barely stand up. The one thing that I did end up getting, which was really helpful, was, like, a 
a motorized chair that basically takes you from sleep, like a sleep setting all the way up to a standing position Mm. so that you don't have to like try to force yourself to stand up and and that sort of thing. Cause like all of your muscles, everything is like, it's all (laughs) been, you know, messed with. And so you're pretty, pretty heavily bruised and you're pretty heavily drugged. (laughs) Right. And, uh, and yeah, so it was, it was intense. Yeah. The first two weeks were definitely a challenge for sure. And how did you feel emotionally during that time? Like, were you immediately like, yes, this was the right decision. I feel really good about this. Or were you like, oh man, (laughs) this is a lot. (laughs) There was never a time where I felt doubtful of the fact that I decided to get the, the surgery, but my emotions were all over the fucking place because there was a lot of frustration of like mm. needing to rely on someone, needing to allow, allow someone to care for you for such an extensive period of time and literally being able to do not a single thing for yourself. Right. It is one of the most humbling experiences ever because you take for granted the ability to walk, the ability to sit up, the ability to be able to go to the bathroom and wipe yourself on your own. Like all of these little things in life we don't even think about it's just like second nature to us and when you can't do any of them and as a person who is very active and moves a lot that was so hard very very hard for me and um it made me think a lot about like mortality it made me think a lot about life about like my grandmother she has been uh, pretty immobile for at least 10 years and she's had um she hasn't been able to walk normal my entire life. And she's lived most of her life in pain. And she's had this motorized chair that I was in for those two weeks for as long as I can remember. And so to think about like the perspective of why she is the way that she is and why she might be more negative because she constantly is living in pain. Like I can totally see how that would be something that's so challenging for someone because I was like, it's only two weeks and it's challenging for me. Right. And to think about living a lifetime that way, that is really really hard for sure so I will say it was definitely like super humbling in that regard I feel so incredibly thankful and grateful that I have an amazing family who is so supportive and amazing friends who you know were checking in on me and texting me and facetiming me and I just I really feel like if this is something that you're going to do for yourself you have to have some sort of support system to be able to help you get it If you don't, there are options to be able to hire uh, a around-the-care nurse Mm -hmm. um, and things along those lines. And their facilities will point you in the direction of the people that they recommend um, for that kind of assistance. But, yeah, it's it's pretty major. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So every couple of days I would go back into their office and then they would, like, reassess, look at me, look at my bandages, put new dressings on me, and send me back home. And then after two weeks, we flew back to Colorado uh-huh. and my mom was here with me for another two weeks. And I really needed her for that full month. It wasn't yeah. until about two days before she left that I finally felt like, I think I can do this on my own. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh-huh. Man. Cause I came to see you, I think the day before mm-hmm. your mom left. So that was like, right as you were starting to feel yep, like capable of, mm-hmm. of getting around yeah yeah that's a lot yeah so yeah. literally four weeks of complete sedentary lifestyle mm-hmm. but it, it seems like in some ways you know obviously the the first part of that was I'm sure humbling and very challenging but the rest part in terms of just like mm-hmm. taking a break mentally and physically how did that feel it felt really good and I had a really long conversation with my therapist about it because it really made me think a lot more about what I want to do with my career, what I want my life to look like. Do I want to work to the level that I'm working with now? No, I don't. Do I want to continue to share the same kind of content? Yes and no. And I think that was one of the things that was so interesting is that I now I feel like I'm in this different space. I feel very motivated, very inspired, very creative, more than I have felt in years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a fire like mm-hmm. that is so different than before. And and say why? Like, why do you think that is? Do you have a sense? I really think it's like just the whole contemplating life and death situation of like, what really matters to you? What do you actually want to share? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like for you? And I think for me, I think living a life that feels fulfilled is so important. 
And I want to inspire, to continue to inspire people to do that. And I think movement is so important and it's something that I'm so passionate about and sharing more of that component of me on a, on a more grand scale is really, really what I want to shift into. I want to be able to be a plus size fat fitness influencer and wellness influencer from the perspective of somebody who is not solely concerned about being a certain pant size or losing weight. I want to be able to share ways in which people can feel more balanced in their life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I was challenged to do was to meditate every day. Mm -hmm. And I did. And so just things like that, that are just so different than living such a fast paced life. Right. And constantly feeling like you need to consume everything. You need to buy everything. You need to purchase, purchase, purchase and share all of these products. And it's like, no, you don't. And in, and in fact, I feel like I will be much more successful when I transition into not necessarily completely away from fashion, but just into a different direction. Can't mm-hmm. wait to see what you come up with. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I just feel really, really grateful, really motivated, inspired. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I've changed like my whole morning routine since this whole entire procedure as well. Like I've now wake up, I eat breakfast right away. And then I go back to bed and I read for a half an hour. And I just like, I take whatever time I need to take in the morning until I know I'm ready. I make, I make myself actually get dressed every day. I do my skincare, like things that I didn't necessarily prioritize of like actually taking care of myself prior. I wasn't doing that. Right. Um, and it makes me emotional thinking like, that so many of us don't take time for ourselves. We don't really truly care for ourselves and we don't let others take care of us either. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It's important. It is. And I think when you start to do those things for yourself and accept that you, you deserve that, you deserve to be able to take time for yourself. You deserve to, do whatever it is that you want for you, your life is just so much better. Yeah. It is. I just, yeah. I don't care about the same things that I did before. It's so weird to say. Yeah. I don't think it's weird to say though. I mean, it's a major life event to have such a big surgery. And I mean, some people experience things like disability from the beginning and have a different perspective, but I think, you know, a major health event, whether we elect to have it or not, is is something that changes people's perspective. So I think that's totally, you know, I don't want to say normal in that it is unique to every person, but it is, I think, understandable. Yeah, so it was it was an amazing experience for me. It was transformative on every single level, um, yeah. spiritually, mentally, physically. All of it. And it made my mom and I so much closer to each other than ever. And I think in a lot of ways, there was a lot of, like, childhood trauma that was healed from that experience with her of, like, letting her take care of me, knowing that she was there for me, her constantly reassuring that she wanted to be there. Um, Just because there was a lot of guilt for me of, like, having to let somebody take care of me and, like, wanting to be defiant and try to do it myself, even if I know I couldn't. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know also about the, the physical aspect. So like uh, hearkening back to the sort of the beginning days of the podcast, yeah. when we did our initial photo shoot, um, I don't think the listeners actually know this, but at the end of the photo shoot, Kat was doing photos for herself mm-hmm. of her pre-surgery body, mm-hmm. um, took some gorgeous pictures and you were getting emotional in the photo shoot. Like, Very. You, you had a few tears. Yeah. Um, and I was asking you about it afterwards. I was like, you know, what made you feel that way? You know, you look, you look beautiful. You know, what's, what's going on? And you were like, you know, I've just had this body my whole life. And this feels like such a, I don't know, like just such a huge event to to change your body so drastically. So I'm curious, looking back on that now, like how, how do you feel now? Yeah. I mean, I still, even when I think about that photo shoot, it's definitely, an emotional experience. And I want to read what I wrote to myself uh, in that specific post, because it was, it was so important to me to be able yeah. to share that part of myself and to be able to talk about the journey and the experience. And 
it is weird because I have like this phantom, like you almost miss it because I used to always fall asleep with my hands underneath my stomach and now I put my hands there and there's nothing there. And it is, it is a little strange how, you know, those things that you get used to, the comforts of that body are now different. Um, But this is what I wrote. I said, I love you always forever. A love letter to my soon to be changing body. I've loved you for as long as I can remember. Your warmth, your safety, your softness has always comforted me. In sleepless nights, I tuck my hands beneath you, letting your weight lull me back to sleep. You're a part of me. You've always been with me. I've never been able, I've never been shy about your presence and felt proud to call you mine. But just as time too will pass, so will our relationship. I'll miss the comfort you have provided and I'm so incredibly grateful for all that you have done for me. And even though you soon won't look the same, feel the same, and be the comfort that I once had, I know that what is on the horizon for me is meant to be. I love you always forever. And then I said, P.S. Listen to the pot. <laughs> um, beautiful. And I think that is very true. I've always loved myself and loved my body. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's different now. It's so different. It's yeah. it's weird. It's 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 interesting because it doesn't. I don't feel as if my body looks like it's missing anything. It doesn't look like you would have never known that it was even there. Yeah, it's interesting. I do feel like I was I was curious like what you would look like after surgery because it's almost it's hard for me to imagine right like because I just see you as you like all 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 the time right and I was just thinking like. Oh, I wonder how this is going to look. And it looks very natural, mm-hmm. right? Like it just, it does really look like you just look like you, yeah. but with a slightly different shape, but like that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's beautiful work, obviously mm-hmm. by Dr. Repta. And yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it feels like, and, and in some ways it feels like, oh, this was the body that I was always supposed to have. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's. It doesn't feel drastic in a lot of ways. I know it yeah. is a drastic surgery. It is a major surgery, but it doesn't look as if, like, you know how you see some people and you're like, wow, that right. person has had a lot of work done. Yeah. I don't feel like I look that way. No. Um, which no. is interesting. Yeah. I'm so curious. Can you share a little bit about how Dr. Repta got into doing plus size surgery? Like, what was, when you were asking him about that, what was his rationale or his motivation? He said two things. He said, one is in plastics, in order to become a person who is well-known, you have to do something that is unknown or that is innovative. Mm-hmm. And because there was nobody in that field at that time when he started, that is part of the motivation. And it's so much more challenging. There's so many different ways in which you have to do it. Every single Surgery is so different. And when you're working with people who have different bodies and larger BMIs, there's just so much more to think. So it's a really complex challenge and he likes to be challenged. And the second thing was that he grew up with a lot of insecurities, self image issues, body issues, and that for him to be able to help change people's lives on such a more drastic scale is so important to him because of that. Yeah. And so those were the two big reasons that he gave. Hmm, That's really interesting. Yeah. He's such an interesting person. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think this actually also naturally leads into some of the common questions that you were getting asked Mm -hmm. on socials um, when you announced that you'd have the surgery. So I think one of the first ones was, were you asked to or required to lose any weight before you went in for the tummy tuck? Do you no. want to talk about that? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do want to talk about <laughs> okay, it. tell us. Uh, the answer is no. Uh, Dr. Repta does not require you to lose any weight prior to surgery, and there's no limit on what your BMI is in order to be qualified for surgery. So what they're looking at when they're assessing whether a person is qualified for surgery are your, like, metabolic information. So they're looking at what are your LDLs, your HDLs, your cholesterol, your triglycerides? What's your blood pressure? Do you have diabetes? Do you have any underlying diseases that would not allow you to be able to get surgery? And if the answer is no, you're in good health and you're of able body to be able to get the procedures done, they 
move you forward. You do have to get a panel of blood work done and you have to see like your general practitioner and get all that information sent over to them. They also do an EKG just to make sure your heart's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what your clearance is for surgery. It has nothing to do with your weight or your BOI. That's really, and so most surgeons do require that. Though, most right? surgeons will not touch you if you have a BMI that is out of range. Like you would not qualify for plastic surgery. Are people are typically expected to crash diet? Is that the typical? They're told you need to lose weight and come back when you're this size. Wow. And so. And that's the end of conversation full stop. So then in that case, it's like just the tuck and no lipo typically, or it's nothing. You cannot get a pl- you can't get a tummy tuck. No, but I mean, if you lost the weight and then you went in, would it still be lipo plus the tuck, or would it just be the tuck? So if you lost weight and then you went in, you'd probably almost still get liposuction. Most wow. surgeons are still going to do lipo. I think it's crazy though that you have to be small in order to qualify for fat removal. <laughs> that is really weird. To be honestly, I'm like. How? How does that work usually? Yeah, yeah, but the majority, it's like 90%. It's not higher of plastic surgeons in the U.S. and abroad. Because I, at one point, have a friend who had quite a bit of work done, and she had done in her home country. And uh, it's way, way cheaper to go to Latin America to get plastic surgery done than it is here. Mm -hmm. And they were like, nope, way too high. We won't touch her until she's she has to lose like a hundred pounds. Oh like I'm not gosh. fucking losing a hundred pounds for this. No way. Wow. Okay. What are some of the other common questions that you were getting? I'm curious. I got a lot of questions about cost, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of broke down in full detail on YouTube what the cost was. Yeah. Uh, there's we'll, a we'll link that. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes for you all. But um, the surgery itself with. Just Dr. Repta and his team, no Airbnb, no rental cars, no flights, all that stuff. That was Mm $48,000. If you add in all of the additional pieces, plus getting new garments and shapewear, because I'm going to be in compression for at least 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. it's probably another $5,000 at least. Wow. So we're talking like, I don't know what, Mm $52,000? Wow. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. I'm curious. So you've talked about the mindset shift Mm -hmm. and how how much this is probably going to affect the way you approach life and your career and balance in general going forward. Um, What other changes do you expect to have as a result of having had the surgery? Oddly, I I do really think that my relationship with money will change. Hmm. I have always been a person who feels like I never make enough money. Mm -hmm. And I think having this shift of items and things are not going to make you happier Mm. also has made me feel like I think I can be more conscious of how I spend money because I've not been on a budget in years Mm -hmm. you know this I just (laughs) well we've talked about it on the pod yeah Yeah. we have and I think now I'm in a mindset of I think if I live a more simple life I need to be more conscious of that component of my life right um so I do think that money will shift I also think the way that I approach men will shift. Hmm. I have a stronger desire now more than ever to be single and not to be with anybody. Interesting. Uh, (laughs) Say more. (laughs) I don't know why. I just seem like, I don't know. I've always been a person who has allowed myself to deal with people's bullshit way longer than I should. Mm. And now I'm like, life is too short to deal with anybody's bullshit other than your own. And if you have bullshit of your own, you need to figure that out. And uh, I don't know. I feel more firmly rooted in the fact that I don't want a partner right now and that I also do not want to have children. You feel like it's just a, a result of sort of a self-regard that is not merely confidence, but also sort of a seeking of balance and meaning mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. Is that it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's deep. Yeah. It's not just plastic surgery that changes your body but it really has a whole impact on your on your life and your outlook Mm -hmm. did you expect that beforehand no yeah Mm -mm. I didn't go in thinking my life is gonna change in that way right I really went in with the perspective of like okay I've had this issue for so long with all of the skin issues that I was having that I wanted to fix that problem right and now it's just like 
I think it's such an interesting unraveling of who I really am and of feeling more accepting of myself in such a different way and feeling like I don't need to be the same kind of content creator or influencer or anything that other people are. I don't feel like I am aspiring to be anybody else anymore. I don't feel like I am looking up to people in the same way that I did before. So I do think there are some social media influencers that I really like aspired to be. I wanted to replicate them. And now I don't feel that way. Okay. I have a question, which I we've talked a little bit about off the pod, mm-hmm. um, but I'm curious. So you have a different approach to things post-surgery. How yeah. do you think that people's approach to you will change after surgery? If at all, specifically, I'm thinking about professionally. So we've chatted a little bit about this in terms of modeling contracts and brands and how you think people might respond to the new cat 2.0. Yeah, that's interesting. I I think one of the things that I said is that I feel like because my body will look more conventionally, what most models in the U S I will say look like that are plus size models or curved models. I do think I will have more opportunities in that regard. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been long enough to say whether or not that is true. Right. However, I have had more swimsuit brands reach out to me in the last week alone than I have in years. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Brands I've never worked with before that are now like, we want to work with you. Wow. Now, do I know whether or not that's because they've been following along with the journey that they see what my body looks like? I have no clue. Right. But I will also say it's interesting because the last couple of posts that I have posted in my new body, the brands that I'm posting, they have never responded before. Mm. Immediate. We love it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about that? I mean, I kind of knew. Yeah. You know, you, you, right. you, you're not, you're not naive. To yeah. The I'm not naive. Of the I'm not industry. stupid. Yeah. Right. And I, it was interesting because I had, uh, another influencer who, I guess I would say aspiring influencer and model. I don't know that she's necessarily working, mm-hmm. but she asked me, she must be modeling actually. Cause she said that she feels like she's getting less work now and she's wondering if she should get work done in order to get more work okay. in the industry and contracts in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I told her that this isn't, about the amount of money that I make or don't make. This is definitely like a personal decision for me because I've never been concerned about the amount of money that I'm making. I mean, if anything, I would just want to keep making more, but I'm already making quite a bit. So, um, so it was an interesting conversation to have with her. I have had some other people who have also reached out, uh, with comments that are like kind of backhanded comments of like, why didn't you find a different solution other than getting plastic surgery? Mm. And, it took me 30 years to get to the body that I had. And do you think that I didn't spend as much time possible figuring out solutions to how to remedy these issues? Because I did. And every single person's body is different. Every single person's decision on what they choose to do with their body is different. And I don't think it's your place to comment on what someone should or shouldn't do. Right. Yeah. It's not my place to tell someone who I don't know, who I've never met in person hey, why are you doing that? You should have done this instead. Right. People are a little wild on the internet. They it's, are. It's a little, it's a little savage. It's yeah. a little uncivilized. YouTube in particular pisses me the fuck off with their comments. Like, oh, yeah. someone said, like, it's so dumb for you to spend all of that money on your body when your body's just going to go back to normal because you have no control over what you eat or what you do no in your part. life. Like, you don't even know who I am. Yeah. Like, and that's not how weight works. <laughs> People are wild in that, like, I can't imagine that most of these people who leave comments like that would actually say it to your face. No. And here's the thing is that you're probably jealous because you can't afford to do it yourself. Yeah. And not to be rude or mean about it, but most people do not get to live the life that I get to live. Point blank. It is very rare for people to be able to live a life where they can travel and go places and do all of the things they want in life. Most people don't get to do that. And I'm not going to apologize for the life that I live and for the choices that I make with my, my body, my life to have children, to be in a relationship or not. I'm not going to apologize for any of those things. 
Yeah. And it shouldn't have to. And just because society says you should or shouldn't do something, that doesn't mean that you should do it for yourself either. Yeah. It's very, I'm, I'm like fascinated by, by how much this has impacted you like emotionally and psychologically. It's really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect it either. Mm -mm. I really didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes sense in hindsight. I can see how that would have happened. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of, kind of great. Yeah. It was such an amazing session with my therapist last week when we talked about she's like I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for the last couple of weeks yeah she's like because you are such a different person than you were a month and a half ago right yeah and now you're looking forward with bright eyes yeah I'm excited for you and I hope that the way that I feel now I hope that that doesn't get diluted because of social media right right like I hope that I still continue to beat to my own drum and not be concerned about others. Yeah. You mean in terms of the industry or commenters or no, 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 the industry, like feeling yeah. like I need to keep up with what other influencers are doing or right. do the same thing that they're doing or create the same kind con- con- kind of content that they're creating. Like I can right. do whatever I want. It's going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. We have heard A to Z all about the surgery. Yeah. What shit have you been loving this week? I want to know. Mm, what am I loving? Or the last month, really. I mean, because <laughs> it's been that long. So what are you loving? Well, right now, I am still drinking a fuck ton of water. Uh-huh. Um, so still on the trying to drink water, take a sip every five minutes. Um, and that is one of the things post-surgery, like, even, like, ten weeks out, they still want you to continue to, like, have that same mentality that you just had surgery previously and drink as much water as possible. Because right. water and rest are the two biggest components to recovery not food which was really interesting um so i'm still drinking a lot of water and i finally decided to break out my stanley cup for the first time i bought it because i saw someone else on social media who had it and i was like i want that color because i've never been a stanley cup fan uh, but I understand why people like it so much because now that I have both a Stanley cup and a large Yeti cup, I actually like the Stanley better, which hmm. is surprising. The straw is better. I like how it, um, I like how the cap goes on and off easily. Oh. It's not a, um, like a vacuum sealed one that you push down. It's a, it's a turn one. Interesting. Um, so I really like it. So well, loving, it's a very beautiful color. Loving my Stanley cup. And then... What else am I loving? Mm, I just got some new stuff from Skims. So Ooh. good. Yeah, that dress that you shot yesterday was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, I just got this really gorgeous, like, bodycon style dress, which I already own several of Skims' most viral dresses. This is in that same family. It just has different sleeves. And mm-hmm. I love it. It's a very bright orange color, like my Stanley Cup. I love everything red and orange. Right, yeah. It just makes me happy. Yeah. I love that color. Me too. What are you loving? Um, I'm loving Memorial Day sales. Mm. <laughs> I I got some good stuff from the skim sale. Okay. Um, and then I also shopped Good American pretty oh, hard. Did you? Yeah, because they had 25% off site-wide and 50% off sale. Oh, shoot. So I got the Always Fits jumpsuit. Okay. Which I already had. I have it but in But they have the a shorts denim. version. And you I'm, got the shorts version. I got the shorts version. I thought you don't like shorts. I don't, but I like that. I like that jumpsuit so much. And I was like, okay, this is summery. Okay. And it was, um, and then also they have the plisé fabric right now. Have you seen this on the website? No. It's like that kind of accordion looking fabric. Oh, um, I think they actually have one of their pieces. That's the plisé piece. It's so pretty. And it's chartreuse, which is a color I love. Like it's just that green, yellow, citrine type color. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to try that on and see how they look. That sounds fun. I'm very excited about that. The other thing I'm really loving right now is my lip combo. Mm, so I'm kind of in love with lip stains right now. Okay. Uh, and there's two that I really love. One is from this Parisian brand that late one night <laughs> when I was heavily <laughs> drugged, I uh, decided that I would go on TikTok at like three o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And I ended up ordering the entire skincare and makeup collection from this French brand called Typology. Typology. And I'm obsessed. I love every single thing I got. But one of the things is their lip oils. And it's just like, it's perfection. I love it. 
But what I'm wearing today is a little different. It's um, Rare Beauty's lip oil. And the way that I like to apply it is I put it on first before I do my makeup. And then I wipe it all off so that it just leaves the stain. And then I put my Tatcha lip mask on over the top. And it makes, like, the best glossy, like, lip ever. I love it. Excellent. I love that for you. Yeah. I also just finished a candle that I would recommend to literally anyone. So... It's actually a line. It's called Brooklyn Candle Company. You gifted me one. I did gift you one. Yeah, I love them. Um, It's a black-owned brand, woman-owned brand. She's located in Brooklyn. She makes the nicest high-end candles. Like every single one of them that I've smelled is just like perfection. Um, And she did one. Like actually, it's three candles with an artist named Allison Kunath mm. and the jars are, have the sketches from the artist on them of various women in like a line format. Ooh, They're just beautiful. And they were all desert inspired scents Ooh. and I love the desert. So it just smells like delicious and scentsy woodsy magic. I love that. Yeah. I love them. Amazing. I had to reorder though. Cause I'm, I burn them. They're mm. done. Well, you better see if there's a sale. I know. <laughs> I've been shopping too much. <laughs> I usually don't like summer clothing. Like I'm not a summer kind of bitch no, you at are all. A fall and winter, yeah, person. But I'm feeling it this year. I don't know. I feel I'm like rubbing I've been off finding, on you. Yeah, you're rubbing off on me, <laughs> and I feel like actually doing a spot of of little content creation is uh, motivates me to like find the things that I actually like for mm-hmm. the season, as opposed to my usually much more lazy approach which is like Ugh, I don't like this I'll just wait for fall <laughs> <laughs> right yeah oh my gosh yeah well that is it for today folks um if you have questions for Kat uh go over to our Instagram for the pod or her Instagram um drop them there and we'll be happy to get to them again in the future I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll revisit the topic yeah uh, but thank you for sharing all of that with us yeah I hope it helps somebody um, if you're considering getting this particular surgery or a different surgery that might improve your life. Uh, I hope this will help you think through that process. So, yeah. yeah. We'll That's talk it. to you soon. Bye-bye. Subscribe to Big Girls Gone Wild wherever you get your podcasts like iTunes or Spotify. We'd love it if you leave us a comment or a question and don't forget to rate the pod. Thanks for listening. Stay, Stay wild, wild, y'all. y'all.